All right, so we live in a time of what some people call the affirmative action time, but I call it the race madness time, right? So you, you may have noticed, I mean, it's, it's so in the parlance right now in our general culture, Ari, that, that everything is about race one way or the other, that we get to, we start thinking only in terms of race all the time. So, you know, this is a black man, this is a Hispanic man, this is a man uh, who's Native American. Uh, not, not that there are that many that we encounter, but nevertheless, uh, you know, it could be, and then of course gay and such, but that's not race, but nevertheless, it's always about, as they say, identity politics. But the phrase identity politics, it, it, it's bandied about so often that we lose the meaning of it, the impact of it. It's become so part of our culture that we don't even think about it anymore. We don't realize how dangerous it is. Think of it, as, if you want to, as uh, the same way we used to think about cigarette smoking, okay? Uh, it was part of the culture and everything else until we realized, you know, this is not good for you. you it, we should stop doing that. And so there was a movement to get rid of it and a health awareness and such. Now, I, I think that this race identity is, is even far more deleterious for our, our collective health than cigarette smoking ever was, right? So if, because if we, if we focused, if we decided to focus on merit as opposed to race, we might actually get somewhere at the end of the day. We, we're not going to get anywhere. The way things are moving, we will not get anywhere. And uh, and then if it's not race, then it's about sex, right, or gender differences and such. So everything is about identity politics. Now, the reason why this is all coming to the fore for me as an example of how dangerous things have become. And, uh, you know, I got, we could talk about Ferguson and the madness that was associated with that. Uh, Freddie Gray and the madness with that and Trayvon Martin and the madness associated with that. It goes on and on. And this national hysteria that started happening because of this perception, wrong, a wrong perception that somehow America is a racist nation and uh, when Trump was you know, elected, that caused the whole nation to become racist and at the very least anti-Semitic, right? Uh, when in fact, the only thing that's really going on here is... Um, an anti-meritocracy movement going on. That's what's really happening, and as well as an anti-Christian one. But it's, it's anti-American. That's the true thing that's happening, and everything else is, is centered around that, whether we realize that or not. And no one wants to talk about that, but I do. Uh, the, the notion of the destruction of merit uh, is not being discussed, and it should be discussed. And that's what we're here to, to talk about today. Two things that I want to talk about. One is the, uh, the, the crazy story that happened with Elizabeth Warren and the whole notion that she was uh, part Cherokee. And, uh, and why does she believe that? Because her mother or her grandmother said, you must be uh, Native American because you have these high cheekbones, right? That's, that's good. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, Ari, Ari has blue eyes. So Ari, you must be uh, Swedish. I do not. I have green eyes. 
Well, you always have blue eyes to me, my you friend. You mean when we were laying in... <laughs> when we had pillow talk? To, yeah. I couldn't help but think to myself, well, this well, guy we were, really has beautiful blue eyes. Well, there was only eyes. candlelight, so... <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. But, okay, I'll just go with it. Yes, yes. I have blue eyes. Okay. He has blue eyes, okay. So uh, that's like me saying you have blue eyes, therefore you're Swedish, right? I mean, come on. Okie dokie dokie Yeah, the Swedish chef comes out <laughs> from the Muppet show. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so you, you... I mean, it's, it's crazy. So that, that, that's as far-fetched as what I just said. So, but she she ran with it. She ran with it real good, <laughs> and she told the world that she was that she was um, uh, that, that she was Cherokee. Well, Even, I think, not I, not just that she's Native American, right. but that she's specifically Cherokee. Right. And then she was hired, and and Harvard said Elizabeth Warren is the first person of color right. ever hired as a professor. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But then the thing about it is then. She began to believe it herself, right? And she and she made this story up, obviously, but she must have known it. I don't know. And she makes a story up where she says that her parents, her mom and dad, had eloped, you understand. Why? Because her father's parents didn't approve of her mother being, you know, Cherokee slash Delaware. <laughs> and that's the reason why they had to elope. Because they were so in love with each other. So it, it really adds a nice touch to it, doesn't it? Right, because you know, of their love their and love. the other family, the in-laws hate. Right. And remember, the, 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 their love they trumped all racial divide, you know. And, right. and so what, what a beautiful story, of course. Now, never mind that it was a total total fabrication. It was a fiction. But, but it's still a beautiful story. You have to give it's her that. It's a fantastic story. Yes, fantastic. Right. Fifty Shades of Grey. Anyway. Red? <laughs> 50, yeah, apparently. <laughs> very, very weird. What a story. And, and the fact, I mean, look, there's an old joke about uh, uh, Nasser, um, the former president of Egypt, uh, who led uh, Egypt to its disastrous six-day war. Um, and he, he was famous for lying to himself and lying to others and, and then believing his own lies, right? So, uh, and there's a, there's a story. What, it's a cute joke. Nasser one day, you know, he was bored out of his mind and his palace, and he saw people milling about down below in the street. So he just decided to have some fun. And he said, hey, everybody, uh, if you go to uh, the corner of uh, Pyramid and uh, Main Street, uh, you'll find... You know, there's five, you know, giant purple cows laying golden eggs descending from the sky. You got to go there. Go, go check it out. And so people hearing Nasser saying this say this must be true. And they race over uh, to this pyramid in Main Street. Um, and then, of course, the streets are empty. And after a couple of hours, you know, uh, you know Nasser has forgotten that he's, he's said this. And he wonders aloud to his uh, ministers, hey, where, where is everybody? He can't see it. Well, they're, they're all apparently at um, Pyramid and Main Street. Why is that? Because apparently there's some sort of uh, big uh, celebration of this, uh, these five purple cows that are out there that are laying golden eggs. And he goes, really? Let's go. <laughs> so I, that's what Nasser would say. So he, he goes... And uh, because he's bored, right, you know, figuring out what's happening, the emissaries say, well, this is, this is what's happening. So he goes out to, uh, let, let's go check out what the, this, this purple cow were laying all these golden eggs, right? In other words, he believed his own lie. He set things in motion, and, and he's going, like, where he's just the same as the other people who believed him. So it's very, that's, very weird. That's wonderful. Right? Yes. It's the same thing. And the same thing is true when it comes to the, um, 
you know, the, the Kavanaugh hearings with Christine Ford. You had Christine Ford saying these things, and everyone kind of went along with it. And I think that Christine Ford, in the end, she believed her own garbage. It was a lie. Um, by the way, you don't even hear anything more from Christine Ford. Yeah, no, where did she go? Where, yeah, it's where, all all those, where are all those lawsuits, all yeah. the filings, all the police complaints? Right, exactly. What, so What happened? Yeah, it's all... It's I believe her. All, <laughs> you don't believe her. I mean, you know, you're, <laughs> right. you're, you're putting that quotes, I believe her. Yes. So the same sort of thing happened with um, uh, Elizabeth Warren, who says um, that, you know, she's her mother's Cherokee. I mean, she, so she believed her own lie, and, and it sort of had a self-fulfilling prophecy. By the way, this is very consistent with liars. They they tend to they, they throw out a lie and then they begin to believe their own lies, right? And it's a famous uh, line from I think it was from Lawrence of Arabia, where the um, Alec Guinness character talks yeah, Faisal, to Faisal, Faisal, right? King, yeah. t- t- talks to Lawrence of Arabia and it says, uh, played by Peter O'Toole, of course, saying um, a man who who uh, lies merely hides the truth. A man who tells half Half-truths forgets where he put it, right? And that, that is a brilliant line, right? So these are more than half-truths, uh, of course. These are outright lies. But, you know, in her head, she could believe that, in fact, um, these things are really happening um, and that, that she was really a, a Cherokee and all that stuff. But, but it's not reasonable for her to assume that. I mean, it's, it's stupid to, to really believe it. But she went ahead and further demanded that, or not demanded, but she, she put it on her application to become a professor at Harvard, no less, and she became the first person of color, and I put that in, in dramatic air quotes, uh, to become a professor, at least in her uh, department at Harvard, and which is so funny, because to look at her, you would say, this is, you know, how much more white bread can you be, right? And she's, you know, of course, it's, it turns out, that, by the way, that her DNA testing, which she finally did, uh, shows that she is at best, um, there, there may be some Native American, maybe some Native American blood in her uh, back six to ten generations ago. <laughs> so, what you know, if, if you talk about 25 years for every generation, more or less, uh, six times uh, 25 is what, uh, 150, right? 150 years maybe. ago, maybe. maybe, yeah, and it's more likely eight generations or ten generations ago. So you're talking about, you know, closer to to 200, 225 years ago, maybe, maybe, exactly. Uh, and there's one other thing to it that, yeah, uh, that not everyone has been told yet. Right. The guy who did the test, and this is why. As soon as it happened, I think I might have said to you, why didn't she just go to, um, you know, 23 and Me? Right. right? Exactly. She went to a specific guy right. at, like, Stanford to do a customized version. Turns out he opened up the, like, the Venn diagram of overlap possibilities right. to include Peruvian, Mesoamerican, Mexican, and South American. Right. Which are not... United States Territory American yeah, Indian could, could Natives. Cherokee, right. in, in other words, he opened it up so wide it includes derivations of Spanish lineage that there's a good chance all of us share. Right. right, the, right. The, 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 the maybe part, if true, includes a lot more than just Cherokee. Of course, it's, it's absurd. It's, the whole it's, thing's it's absurd. It's completely absurd. She only said it was uh, Cherokee, but also Delaware. Remember what I said? Yes. The, the, yeah. All right, so did we talk about the video yet that she said? Okay, so she undertakes this interview with, I think, NBC News. And she, this is from many, many years ago. So you know, keep that in perspective. So many years ago, she's still you know, an adult woman. I think she's a senator at this point. 
and she's talking to these people about how um, this interviewer uh, is asking about her background and such. And anyway, so she's telling about how her mother and father had eloped. Uh, and why, you ask? Well, because her mother was Cherokee and also Delaware, apparently. That, that was a tribe I didn't know about. But nevertheless, Cherokee and Delaware. And therefore, uh, you know, the, the father's, her father's parents were very upset about that, what with them being racists and all. And uh, they would not have it, no sir. And so they had to run away, uh, you know, in love. You know, that's the, that's the whole notion that they were truly in love with with each other. So what a beautiful story, right? And uh, anyway, maybe we've spoke about this before, but I, I just think it's fascinating that they, they, they did this. So she she perceives and she pushes this lie, and uh, she believes into it just like uh, Nasser did his own lie, but like the joke I told you about. By the way, that comes from what he did in uh, the, the Six Day War, because apparently. He, um, he knew he was losing the war terribly. So he, he contacted King Hussein of Jordan, and in the middle of the, this horrifically bad war, the war was going terrible for him, on the third or fourth day, he calls up King Hussein and says, hey, we are routing the Israelis, we're destroying them, and uh, you should come in and join and join the spoils with us. And, to, you know, and Jordan does so to its great regret. That's how they lost the, what is now called the West Bank. And, uh, but in the process, because Jordan was moving in, uh, Nasser thought that they were winning the war. <laughs> so it was a classic. Anyway, uh, the, the self-delusions that we have going on within the Democratic Party are fascinating, certainly uh, with Elizabeth Warren. But it, it echoes. I mean, it, you know, it's like a disease. Lies are like a disease. You, you believe it yourself, and then if you get other people to believe it, then that in turn becomes a disease. It spreads. That's what happened with the um, Christine Ford business. Uh, she told this lie, and everyone believed it. Now it's part of their cultural milk, you know, uh, you know mother's milk, as it were. Uh, when they talk about the Republicans, it's, it's about how this rapist, you know, forget about the fact that if there's no rape involved whatsoever, but it beca has become a rape, right? Yeah, and the game of telephone lies, a, a, a uh, piece of... Teenage hijinks, inappropriate right. behavior as a teenager, right. became magically a sexual assault, and now he's a rapist. Yeah, now he's a rapist. So Next now, thing you know, he's a murderer. Right. So, so he's he's now now we have a rapist on the Supreme Court. Yeah. Sort of. And that was her own. story. And how outrageous it is. Yeah. Right. Same thing with the Ferguson story. Right. Same thing with Fred Gray. All those right. things that we've been and talking and about. Back to, uh, if you will, the great right-wing conspiracy yes. before the DNA test on Lewinsky's of course, dress game crew. Yeah. Back to George W. Bush lost the election, but was president-select. Remember that one? Back to, there are no weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Right, the Russian, right? The I, Russian collusion the case. Russian collusion right? case. The, 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 wait, wait, hold on. The dossier, for example, that that still echoes, right? The the notion that that uh, President Trump had uh, liked to, uh, I mean, it's gross, what am I about to say, but to urinate on prostitutes no, or whatever. No, be peed on. Oh, okay, so for them to pee on him or whatever it yeah. is. That's how outrageous and bizarre they, they, the lie they, they wanted is. to make it salacious. Yeah. And so, sure enough, they did, but people still believe that, even though now it's clear that it's a lie. Um, same thing with so many other things, right? The the um, the email thing, the whole the whole thing with uh, Benghazi that that was a big lie that it was based upon this this video that had nothing to do with. Of course, you talk to a Democrat today and they'll say, "Yeah, Benghazi was about a video. What's the big deal?" And you try to make it more. No, you understand that it was proven not to be the video. It was, right, it was, it was a, a video in a protest. No, that never happened. Yeah, yeah it did. Uh, another one. Uh, remember a company called Blackwater. 
there was a guy called Blackwater that was handling yeah, I know, Iraq I know, security. I know it very well. I once talked to Cheney. a liberal. Right, Cheney. I once talked to a liberal, and this is how that game of telephone merged into a self-referencing lie. Right. He started calling Bush the brown shirt related to the brown shirts company. Right. You know, brown shirts Nazi. I get it. And I said to him, no, there was a company called Blackwater. Yeah, Blackwater, brown shirts. I think it was brown shirt, not Blackwater. I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and this was an informed person. Okay. You, right. you know, the point is, over and over, everywhere you go in the Democrat Party, currently and before, it, down to this so-called blue wave, the self-referencing blue wave that's happening, it, you know. Okay. So this is the point, right? These lies that they perpetuate themselves. It's really, you know, one of the many distinctions we make between the Liberal Party on the one hand, the Conservative Party on the other, is we talk about chaos versus structure, for example. We talk about God versus not God. Uh, we talk about big government versus small government, right? But you can also divide the parties between those who have no problem lying and those who have problems lying, right? Who are squeamish about lying. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the Harry Reid concept when he said that uh, Romney had failed to pay his taxes for 10 years or something like that. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, Romney says, what are you talking about? Here's, here are all my taxes, and I've paid them over you know, every single penny for all these years. And that, but that resonated, and, and Harry Reid believes that he you know, got you know, helped in the demise of Romney's, uh, you know, attempts to become president. And then at, at the end of it, when they confronted Harry Reid with it, he said, well, what's the problem? He, he didn't get elected, did he? As if somehow the ends, the, in fact, not as if somehow, directly that the ends justify the means. And so lies are okay, so long as you get the job done. Yeah. Uh, and that, that is a very big distinction. And I'm seeing this with the, um, uh, the Democratic Party. And it's scary. It's very, very scary. They, they will shift their positions at, at, at convenience because for whatever needs to be done. They were for gay marriage before they were against it. They were for Israel, and, and, you know, and now they're against it and so forth. Yeah, and they were for, they were for right. low taxes until they're for, yeah. until they're for it now. Um, it's, it's weird. It's, um, I, you know, it, it's all about the lies. They keep on echoing. Now, I want, we're really talking about a race right now. Okay? And Elizabeth Warren is such a good example of what we are trying to talk about. Because I also want to talk about the Harvard admissions affirmative fa action fiasco that's going on right now. With the Asian With student. the Asian yeah. staff. So, and, and I think what you're getting to that I think is so important that is, if is, you let me. Is, is the poison that this is injecting into yes, the system. Yes, yes, exactly right. So Elizabeth Warren is em emblematic of the problem. She, you know, now announces that she's one... Uh, she could be as, as little as 164th Native American. Again, you have to really stretch and stretch and then stretch some more, okay, in order to get to that point. But to claim some sort of heritage uh, of any kind, uh, let alone Cherokee, uh, that kind, that, that, that's absurd. And the, the, the notion that she thinks that people will buy it, and she actually went to Trump and said, you see, I have sort of Native American ancestry, even though her own expert said, well, you've got to kind of, you know, look at it this way and, you know, you know, look at it from that angle. And then, of course, dim the lights a little bit and put a little, little uh, Vaseline on the, on the camera. And then you'll, you'll see it's a pretty woman, right? I mean, so to speak. And, and I find that fascinating that they were able to do that. Now, it reminds me a little bit during the old, my old dating days. Uh, I went online dating for a short while before I met my beautiful wife. 
And I remember um, there was this one woman on the uh, on the uh, online dating site. And, you know, I'm a guy. I like to see beautiful women. I like to see really pretty ladies. That, that, that's what attracts me, right? Anyway, so I'm looking at this picture of this one woman. And I think to myself, oh, she seems pretty pretty. And, uh, and a friend of mine points, says to me, Barack, this is the picture that she chose. This is her best picture. Okay, she, she agonized over which picture to post. Men don't agonize as much. They, they may want to make sure that they have the best picture, of course. But women agonize over which picture to post. And she agonized over this picture. Okay, this is the best that, she'll, that she is. This is, a, this is her ultimate representation. Don't think that she looks even better than this picture. If she looked better, she would have presented that picture that was better, right? Does this make sense to you, Ari? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. I, it's, Very simple, it's right? Obvious. It's yeah, obvious. I, no, 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 I don't understand. <laughs> no, maybe, I'm just thinking maybe I'm not clear. But the point is that that was the best. What, what you see is the prettiest she'll ever be, so to speak. You've made it crystal in technical. <laughs> okay. okay. So likewise, this guy, okay, th- this report is the best report that'll ever be out there regarding her so-called ancestry with the Native American, any Native American tribe, okay? This is it. It's this not is the best. any more accurate right. yeah. in the direction of showing a positive right, exactly Cherokee, right. Delaware she was this. She was willing, okay, after all the permutations, after so many years <laughs> and such, this, she said, okay, this is the best one. Let's, oh. let's present this, this report because this actually says that I might be Native American if you, of course, stretch everything, Okay. It, it, the syllogism is kind of funny because, you know, listen, I have two eyes and two ears and a nose. You know what? Cherokee Indians have two eyes and two ears and a nose. Therefore, I must be Cherokee Indian, right? That's the logic she might as well use. That's right. <laughs> yes. Oh, my yes. God. Yes. <laughs> and I have two arms. They have two arms. I have two legs. They have two Five fingers, yes. five toes on each of my four <laughs> yes. hands and feet. You see? Yeah. We have so much in common. <laughs> and how? <laughs> and I always wondered. I always wondered about that, you know. I have all these similarities with a Cherokee Indian woman. I... I no wonder I resonated to being a Cherokee, right? <laughs> anyway, you, you get the idea. We're, we're being silly, but at the same time, it is a truly silly moment. And, and she dares to present this to the Trump's, Trump administration, to his people, and say, because you, you recall, he said, I'll give you a million dollars if you can show me you that can you're... You can prove it, yeah. Yeah, you can prove it. So she considers this proof, you understand? Yeah. And so, so very, very smartly, Trump responds by saying, I'll tell you what. I'll give you one, you know, I can't even say the fraction, one 1,024th of a million dollars, and we'll call it a day. <laughs> Which, <laughs> Which is like 900, 900 bucks. Yeah, something <laughs> north of 900 bucks. It's, it's hysterical. What a brilliant response. Yeah, so anyway. But the point is, it's about this, this echoing of race and this, the identity politics we're talking about and how dangerous it is and how ugly it is. And this notion that I want to prove myself to be somehow more valuable, I'm, you know, more of a worthy person. You should vote for me because of my Native American ancestry. Excuse me, really? I mean, how absurd is that? I, I mean, why? And it turns out, as it turns out, most Americans are like twice as Native American in air quotes as she is. That's the irony of it all, you know. So, what does she think other people are? You think we're all? 
you know, pure English or pure German or pure whatever, Polish, and, and there's no other blood in these other people, you really think that you're a unique lady? Really? You, you want to show some sort of uniqueness? And, and you, you fooled Harvard. Fine. They're easy to be fooled. Yeah, they're okay. a bunch of dummies. Bunch of dummies. They want to be fooled. Yeah. Also, look how this is. A but you ain't fooling us, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And look how this. Uh, my favorite thing about all this is how, when wrongists do wrong and make the wrong arguments, how they counteract their own religiosity. So, on several levels. Number one, the the wrongists constantly tell us not to be racist, right? Yeah. But she is claiming racial purity. Right. As a reason for promotion. Right. The, the wrongists always claim the horror of being lumped in, uh, how um, Nazis will consider a Jew worthy of the gas chamber if there's a drop of Jewish blood in them. Right. Then she runs around saying, there's a drop of Cherokee blood in me. Love me. Yeah, that's right. The, the wrongists run around and tell us that creationism is wrong, evolution is right, right? Well, this kind of myth, infinitesimal fractionalism of heritage is a pretty good argument for evolution, is it, uh, is it not, right? right? Of course. How small it is. But she's arguing for racial purity based on these droplets from a creationist standpoint. Right. I was created as Cherokee, thus I am Cherokee. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute, what about the whole coffee-colored mishmash you people always talk about post-racialism, right? And then most importantly, I think it's your main thesis here, when you walk into a restaurant in Los Angeles, and this is a beautiful thing. I've talked about this on this podcast before. I'll be fast. Don't worry. And you walk in, and you see people of all these different ethnic heritages. It's the true expression of diversity is our strength. Not the, not the stupid mantra repeated one I've made jokes about here, but it's truly it. When I walk into like a cheesecake factory for a Sunday brunch, there's people of all different colors and races, and we're all getting along just fine. And they're ordering blueberry pancakes no matter what their background background is, and so am I, and we have that in common, right? And we're all children of God loving each other, and and these people are injecting this toxic tribalism they constantly argue against into places oh. where we've gotten way past this. Of course, of course. This is, this, the, the hypocrisy involved is, is beyond, beyond palpable. They, uh, you know, apparently, you know, racism is terrible when it's engaged negatively, uh, and they would be right, of course. But somehow racism is good when it's engaged positively, and we'll get to that in a moment. Because, <laughs> Maybe so, when they can win an election with it. Right, right. It's, it's <laughs> racist, but it's racist either way, right? I mean, I don't like it. I mean, it famous, the famous Archie Bunker line when um, you know, he was famous for being anti-Semitic and racist, and they, they made fun of him. That's why the show All in the Family was such a good show. But uh, Archie Bunker once said uh, when he really was in a pickle health-wise, um, and he said, oh, I'm feeling horrible. You know, get me a Jew doctor, right? Like, which is, you know, I, I mean, it, on the one hand, you say, well, you know, he, the doctor, you know, Jewish doctors are the best doctors. On the other hand, it's this assumption that is clearly anti-Semitic, right? So, uh, it, you know, Jews are good with money. You know, Jews are good in law. Jews are good in medicine, in his case. Um, and they're creative and all that stuff. I, we don't need to hear that. You know, that's, we're, we're proud of our accomplishments, but guess what? There are, there are poor Jews, there are criminal Jews, there are, uh, 
you know, they're Jews that, that don't do anything with their lives. Yes, believe it or not, that's true. As a culture, yeah, we do great. I'm very happy of our culture, but it has nothing to do with our genes. And there are plenty it's, of it's really nonsense. bad Jewish doctors, bad Jewish lawyers, and bad Jewish accountants hey, out I there. I take that personally, man. I, I told you not, <laughs> not to talk. You. Not to say that on the air, man. <laughs> but there that's are off, a few. That's offline, man. Yeah. Anyway, so so, but 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 they they say these things, and it's not no problem. But they they don't ever, they never look at themselves. I mean, it's just I, Elizabeth Warren is just. I don't want to talk you know, only about her because she is emblematic of so much of the way the left thinks that it's it's become you know race and identity uber alles to the point that there is no need for discussion of merit or qualifications of any kind uh, you know Brett Kavanaugh is a good example that has nothing to do with his qualifications that that Senate hearing had zero to do with his qualifications yeah it had to do with something that was totally trumped up uh, by a woman named Christine Ford. And, uh, and of course, his, his opinions that were obviously conservative and not to their liking. So, therefore, let's destroy this man. It had nothing to do with merit. And we, we are a country that, we, that has forgotten that we are supposed to be all about merit. That's the beauty of merit, is that it doesn't care what skin color you are. Uh, and Trump's, never... Trump's election shows we haven't forgotten. Yeah. There's a party and a media trying to get you to forget. I know. Also, though, talk oh, about... Wait, 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 wait. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just in the middle of this. So, oh, you know, I, I know you want to talk about other things. I'm, I, I need to get to my points. The point is that we have to always focus on the merit. The merit is it trumps everything, and that will wipe out racism. It just, it just will. It, you know, it, it begs the question, doesn't it, folks, that, you know, imagine if we never had affirmative action or any of this policy you know, favoring one race over the other because we need to balance things out from a historical perspective. Just imagine that. I believe affirmative action, as we think of it today at least, began in 1964. It was supposed to be a four-year program. People don't know that. But now here we are, 54 years later. So, uh, but the notion was, we'll balance this out. But... It was so absurd, uh, you know, that the result has been so absurd at the end of the day. And uh, you, you begs the question, what would have happened had we never had affirmative action at all, right? Had we just simply let time be our progressor, as it were, and I put progressor in air quotes, what, where would we be today? What would the world look like? A little bit like um, It's a Wonderful Life with the Jimmy Stewart character, right? Uh, Jim Bailey, I think it is. And... You know, they take him around with the, the, the angel, Clarence, and, and he shows him, here's what would have happened. Without you. Without you. Yeah. So now I want to know, in a, in a positive way, what would have happened, because I think it would be very positive, if we never had affirmative action, what would the world look like? I'll tell you what it would look like, okay? We would have plenty more doctors, plenty more lawyers, plenty, plenty more professors in schools now, because... Uh, and schools and the professions, for that matter, and judge, judges and everything else that you can imagine. Why do I say that so confidently? Because affirmative action, contrary to its intended goal, actually created the opposite, which is it, it made people um, complacent because, well, they were black. Therefore, they don't, have to, they don't have to work as hard to get to Harvard. They don't have to work as hard to, become, to, to get to that medical school. It's not just blacks, of course. I'm talking about Hispanics and everybody else. Any aggrieved any so, favorite yeah. group. Any yes. classically a minority group. That is a problem. So, And at the same time, uh, the Democrats were breaking apart, especially the breaking apart the black family, telling them that, you know, you need us and giving welfare out like it was candy. 
and then telling them that uh, you know a man a woman needs a man like a man like a fish needs a bicycle right and so fathers were not were not necessary and the family for it, for that matter is not necessary well guess guess uh, who impact who that impacted the most unfortunately the black family which was devastating for the black family so it only kept them down at the same time telling them that that they're victims so this was a a cluster F, as they sometimes call it. Yeah, and it's uh, or, led to the overall war on boys and men we see today in yeah, all exactly. other communities. So, so it's a, it's a perfect storm if you want to call yeah. it that. But affirmative action, I think, is the main culprit. It, it told people to think of themselves in terms of race and other identity, a hand, you know, handicapped or disabled, and uh, their gender and, and so forth, and that will will propel them in life. What a, what a horrible message. And not, at no point do they say, well, also, by the way, get good, good, good grades and do well in athletics and otherwise be a, a participant in your community. No, 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 we're not interested in that. We're interested in your pigment. It, what an absurd message and a racist message to send to everyone. And not only that, but it's totally contrary to everything America has taught. And, and I mean, it's so total that this is what America has taught us, right? This is the essence of America. You, you go to school and you're supposed to, you still learn that America, in this country, you can do anything. You know, you work hard, you get, you can achieve great things. And at the same time, they talk out of the other side of their mouth and they say, you don't need to work hard at all. You just need to be black or claim that you're black or claim that you're Native American or whatever. And you'll get really far. So let's, let me show you how to work the system. Okay, that's important to us. You know, that's, that's the deal. So I, I just, I don't, I don't get this. You know, it, it, is it working hard or is it the color of your skin? And, and, and here's the thing I don't understand. Okay, so Elizabeth Warren, and for that matter, uh, Beto from Texas, for example. Is that how you pronounce it? Beto. Beto, okay. Yeah. Beto O'Rourke. Okay, now, now you're, you're doing an accent that uh, people will not like. But I'm just going to say Beto O'Rourke. Okay? I was doing an Irish accent, just so you know. Oh, I you see. That was Irish. Was Irish. I, I get it. Yes. <laughs> like a little leprechaun. Beto O'Rourke, I am. Yeah, lucky charms. Anyway, so he, he's also pretending to be, uh, to have Hispanic equalities. I just, I, <laughs> right. That's so bizarre. Anyway, so he, uh, so, so these people, what, what are they thinking? They, they are thinking that they're going to get people to vote for them. You know, this Elizabeth Warren, she's one 1,024th Native American. I like that. And I'm going to vote for her because of that, because I want her, her inner Cherokee, to inform her decisions somehow, right? I mean, what are you thinking? <laughs> How does this that work? is the greatest line ever. I want her inner Cherokee yes. to inform her decision-making. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it. Yeah. But that, but, I mean, but, I mean you got to think about it. Why are you pushing this so hard? And what is the benefit? I mean, it's one thing if you say... Look, you're, it's like the guy who robs a bank and only wants, wants to take, uh, you know, 10 cents, okay? Dude, go for the whole gusto if you're going to rob anything. You know, make the risk worth it. <laughs> go for a million dollars, not for 10 cents or $10, right? That you'd be laughing stock in prison at the very least, right? So go for it if you're going to do it. And the same thing applies to what Elizabeth Warren is doing. You know, uh, she should never have mentioned this, this uh, Cherokee business because she knew it was garbage. Uh, she should have at least vetted it before she made the claim, okay? I mean, she, and her claim, when they asked her point blank, why do, you, why do you claim Cherokee heritage? She said, because my grandmother or mother told me I had high cheekbones. It must be because you have some sort of Native American. Okay, so test it out there. Figure it out. I know they didn't have DNA sampling back then, but nevertheless, you could still do a lot of research into this, but you didn't bother. You just, you ran with it, baby. And that's, the, that's what the Democratic Party does. They, they run with it. 
right? You know, uh, this this man molested me. Okay, let's run with it. <laughs> this he's a rapist, right? Uh, this this cop shot this uh, this black victim. Okay, he, he he did it for racist reasons. Let's run with it, and and so on. Uh, you know, Benghazi uh, was was because of her protest. Okay, let's run with it. I mean, it keeps on going. And they just run with whatever, you know, small thing, so long as it, they think it might, it might stick, and they throw it out there. And, and they're, of course, beholden to and also benefited by the New York Times and the, the liberal media, generally speaking, who say exactly this thing. And they, they charge them on. They lead them on uh, with, with their lies. So Elizabeth Warren and, so on, and, and also Beto, he, uh, they, they think that people will actually vote for them on this. They, they never stop to think like the million dollars versus the 10 cents, um, you know, is this worth it? Am I going to get the, the bang for the buck that I'm doing? If, if I'm going to throw myself out there and make it an outrageous claim, then at the very least, I want some benefit from it. Has she ever thought, have she ever kind of considered the possibility that people are just not as interested in her Cherokee ancestry as she thinks? I mean, maybe some lefties are for sure. Uh, well, not even for sure. Maybe some lefties are. Uh, but I'll tell you who, who couldn't give a crap are conservatives, right? Independents. Uh, nobody's going to tilt her, her way. Like, hmm, I don't know uh, whether it's Elizabeth Warren or this guy, Jim Smith. Hmm, well, she, she is Cherokee, one, 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 one thousandth and 24th Cherokee. So that's, that, that, that tells, tells it for me, baby. Right? Oh, my God, Elizabeth. You're, you're, t- you're one twenty-four hundredth whatever Cherokee. It's hard you're, to say the fraction. You're so, you're so brave. I'm going to vote for you. I don't care what you believe. I don't care what you say. You got my vote because. Right. Uh, what? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very it's, odd yeah. argument, right? Meanwhile, if you want, just logically, you think if the goal here is to just win elections, isn't the best way to win elections to say something along the lines of, if it comes up, you know, hey, she taught Harvard because of this lie. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I had this youthful indiscretion. Please forgive me. But you should vote for me because of what I believe and what I'm going to do now. Right. I'm really sorry. I just want to put it behind me. Yeah. How about that? That's, that's, it's as simple as that. That's all they have to do. And uh, she could say, listen, I, I don't know. My, my, my mother told me that I had high cheekbones and we, this was lore in our family. I, you know, I don't know if that means that I'm Native American by any stretch. But, yeah, I'll tell you one thing. I, you know, I will fight for the rights of Native Americans and for blacks and, and other minorities. And uh, that's, that's who you should vote for because I just, I just love this country and I love its diversity. And I think diversity is strength, to use your phrase. That you right. use all the time. I mean, why, why not use that crap, right? Yeah. You should just go for it, baby. <laughs> they, they, they don't do that. <laughs> they just they just kind of want to run, run. No, I am Native American, me, and you should vote for me precisely. And that's the funny thing about it is she's not even running on the grounds that uh, that she's understanding of minority cultures and that she will fight for minority cultures. That's one thing. But to say that she is a minority minority culture, what 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 she's saying, Ari, is that you cannot trust me you uh, to fight for you unless I am one of you. Right. In other words, I have to be racially pure one way or the other in order to, for you to legitimately consider me as a, a valid uh, senator or whatever right. it is who, who will effectuate for your rights. Right. How about it? Uh, how, I mean, that, that is so anathema to us as conservatives. Yeah, that's like, racism. It's, it's pure racism. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it, I mean, even considering uh, I don't even know. how. To, so let's let's move on to the to the Asia uh, yeah, Asian Harvard, uh, discrimination yeah. thing. So Harvard, of course, uh, gets into this uh, pickle where it's discovered that they are actively discriminating against Asian Americans. Why, you ask? Because it turns out that Asian Americans do very well academically 
And I'm generalizing, of course, but they're, you know, unfortunately, I don't give a crap what you think. It's, the fact is Asian Americans have historically done very well in, on an academic level. If you were to truly have no affirmative action, uh, all the elite schools would be predominantly Asian because, you know, they, they have a culture. And God bless them for it. I'm very impressed with it. I'm not Asian, right? So I can say it. I, I really admire the Asian culture. They teach uh, incredible family values. They teach the value of education. And surprise, surprise, they do very well when it comes to education. And they work hard. And they work hard at it. I don't want to say that. You yeah, know, tiger too. moms and all that, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> I don't want to promote a racial stereotype, but right. they work really hard, too. Right. But it's a, it's a little bit like this whole thing. In fact, it's very much like this notion that everyone's a winner in sports. Right. So if you, uh, you know, if you participate in the sport, well, then you, you deserve to be on the team. Uh, there are no cuts. Right. Everyone gets to be on the team and uh, you get a ribbon for participating and so forth. Right. Yeah, and everyone gets to play every, after every pitch. We switch players. Right. Right. right? Instead of telling them, listen, you know, because you're not doing anyone any favors in that process. Right. We know that for a fact. Uh, you're just making the game more clumsy and more uh, less entertaining, for that matter, and you're not pushing for merit. So, uh, as a consequence, you and you're not encouraging that kid who, let's say, gets cut from a team to say, "What other sport might I really be good at?" Okay, it might be squash, which is a wonderful sport. It might be uh, tennis. It might be I don't know bodybuilding or something like that. There's or, or running. There is a sport for you. Okay. What, however scrawny or short you are, there is a sport for you for which you can excel. Okay, I, I'm sure of it. And even even if you are disabled, you, there's the para, the Paralympics, right? Which is a great thing to aspire to. So there's nothing. And then there's and if you happen to be um, mentally um, a special needs kid, uh, you know, to that level, there's the um, what do they call the Special Olympics, which is a lovely thing to do. I think it's wonderful. But there's always something to aspire to. But by, and we know this from the NBA, for example, or the NFL, they don't just put people there because uh, of their gender identity or if they're Native American or if they're Eskimo. No, they put whom they consider to be the very best friggin' people. And as it turns out, in, in the NBA, it's largely black uh, and, and they're, they're very tall. And that's, you know, that's the way it is. But no one claims racism there. Because, you know, well, we're talking about real money, man. <laughs> right. Let's, let's win this thing. It's like global warming is, is totally real. Except for the fact that um, banks seem to be underwriting and giving loans to beachfront real estate right, all the exactly. time. Yeah, because money is money, <laughs> right. baby. Exactly. So, so, so you see what I'm saying here, that there was this merit-based thing. Everyone seems to understand it when it comes to, um, uh, to, to basketball and, and professional uh, sports, generally speaking. They understand it when it comes to rock and roll and uh, music, musicians and everything. Give them all the money that they want. But when it comes to you know a CEO of a company, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, you've got you to fix all that. You've yeah, got to make sure. Yeah, diversity on your board, please. Yeah, yeah. One gay man per board, one, one right. uh, woman, one person of color on every board, please. Exactly. It's, but what if they know nothing about the business? doesn't matter. Diversity is our strength. <laughs> right, right. So, so that's, that's what they, they do here. So now, what, what would happen if they just totally dropped affirmative action? We talked about this briefly before. And what would happen in, in, the, in the universities? Well, you know, for the short run, you would see a very dramatic rise in Asian participation. It would be in the elite schools, Stanford, Harvard, Yale, and so forth. You would have uh, 90% um, matriculation by Asian American students. And that would be a low number. It might be 95% for all I know. Yeah. It might be fully 100% for all, all I care. And you know what? I'm jiggy with that. Fine. Right. They, got I, it. They, pay, they, they paid the price. They did the work. Right. 
And I say that as a non-Asian, I say that as, as somebody who has non-Asian children, right, who will one day go to college soon enough, and all I can say is be better than them, you know, or be as good as them so that your numbers, whether the SAT scores or the grades or, or the out-of-class participation and stuff, is equal to or better than them. You're not doing anyone a favor by, telling, by forcing them into the school on, on lower standards, um, you're making the school a less competitive, generally speaking. You're not helping anybody. Everyone loses in this process. Yeah, and then when they graduate and go to industry, they're going to be less good in the industry. And you know what? We're only on one people's side, uh, our country, our nation, and the, good, the side of the goodness, right? Right. All we want is greatness for our country and greatness for the world. So if you're going to be an accountant, we want you being the best accountant. If you're going to be a lawyer like Barack Lurie, Esquire, we want you to be the best okay. lawyer you can be. Yeah, you know, right. it, it doesn't matter. You can who see it already is. that uh, you know that the school has I, I, it's proof positive what what Ari just said when he said less good, right? I mean that's our education system, folks. Right? When he should have said worse. Okay, there you go. I'm just going to point that out to you right now, Mr. Grammar. Okay, now <laughs> I did indirect language for the benefit of those who can't handle a strong white male privileged <laughs> voice speaking assertively and charismatically. You see, everything microphone. everything is all good. All spellings are okay now. All grammar is okay now. Everything is acceptable. You can, and you know what? It all started collapsing on the day that they announced that you could end a sentence with a preposition. <laughs> that, 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 that I said that the country is doomed. I said, anyway, I'm kidding around. But going back to the uh, to the Harvard situation, so the, the, a lot of uh, Asian American students are suing, uh, or, or, or at least attacking the policy that Harvard had to actively discriminate against Asian Americans, because you know, by golly, that that prevented uh, them from having a more diverse uh, group of people. These are not whites we're talking about; it's, we're talking about Asian Americans. And finally, we can talk. You know, with with you know, no one can point to us and say, "Well, that's because it benefits you, Barack or Ari." Right? No, it doesn't benefit us. If anything, I, I love it because it just sets the bar higher, and I want the bar to be as high as possible in order to achieve excellence as much as possible. You don't tell uh, these Olympic athletes that you know. Listen, uh, you know this uh, ten second. Um, to, to do the 100-meter uh, dash in 10 seconds, you know, we don't want you to break that barrier. Don't do that, <laughs> okay? No, we, we welcome you to do that. If you can do eight seconds, my goodness, that's fantastic, right? But, but Harvard is basically saying to the world, we don't want you to achieve beyond this level. That's, that's unacceptable. The whole thing is racist in and of itself, right? So we, we, it's, it's so weird. You hear about these Supreme Court decisions the Bakke decision, for example, from 1978, where they, they, they found that it was unconstitutional to deny this one student, Bakke, uh, to go into medical school on, a, on account of his whiteness. Um, and they shouldn't use uh, quotas, but they still could take race into consideration, which means go ahead and use quotas. Right. right? I mean, it's, it's really weird. I mean, come on, man. Don't, don't fool around with this. Don't, don't say that you can do it, but you can do it indirectly. And not directly, but do, don't do it in your face is what they're saying, right? But do the same thing, which is exactly what they did. And, uh, but it's, it's, and it's, I don't know how to describe it. When they say that there's some level of unconstitutionality, they seem to understand that affirmative action is in and of itself racist. And I agree with that. And then they say, but under limited circumstances, we can consider it. No, it's like, it's like saying a little arsenic is good for you. You know what? It's never good for you. Uh, a little tuberculosis is good for you. No, it's not. 
Okay, it doesn't help you. You know, it's it's um, I mean, it, it, racism is racism. Can, can Plain and simple, and they, and they and they just don't get this. They 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 want you to still be jiggy with affirmative action, still be still be excited about it, and they use the the phrase diversity, fine, but. Make your, we, we make our own diversity. The only way to be truly diverse is to say to people, we don't care what skin color is. We, we have a, Stanford used to have a need blinds admissions thing for financial aid purposes. I think the same should be for uh, admitting the person on, um, uh, for, for the qualifications to be just a general student. You're, you're admitted based upon your scores, your grades, uh, and what you achieved um, you know, out, outside of your classroom. That's it. Okay. Don't even, don't send us a picture. Don't tell us what, what background you're from. We don't, don't check off any boxes whatsoever. Um, you know, some, some names obviously are going to be kind of more obvious than others. There's some black names, for example, that tend to signal that they're black. Okay. Like, uh, Laquisha or whatever, you know, that they choose those names and, and those tend to be I, I've never met a white Laquisha, for example. Yeah, or a white these days, Washington or Jefferson. Right, it's exactly. Somewhere rare, yes. So, and likewise, if they come from a certain area, you can kind of figure out that, that they are more likely than not to be Hispanic, or especially if they have uh, Rodriguez as a last name. I get that. But the point is, by, by checking off the box, you're highlighting how important it is to you as a university. You shouldn't. Just focus on the grades. It, it makes it easier for everyone, and everyone then understands what the game what the rules really are. Work hard and you, you can achieve great things. That, that message is now being lost and that's bad enough as it is. What, what really offends me is the notion that some, a little bit of racism is okay. As long okay? as it's the right kind the of right racism. Kind. Yeah, we're yeah. going the right direction. Yeah. And, and what signal are you sending to little Johnny, Johnny Smith, who's a white, blue-eyed guy, okay, whose uh, family hails from Sweden to, to go back to the, orig- the, the beginning of this uh, podcast, and he's told that if he's white uh, and uh, from Sweden originally and has no other uh, culture to, to speak of, well, then he's damned. It doesn't matter how hard he works. What sort of signal are you sending to little Johnny? And then you'll wonder why little Johnny has no motivation. So interesting, right? Yeah, when the little Johnny, like, just like the, almost like in a reverse sort of way, little Johnny is told, well, you're white, male, and privileged. Oh, I am? <laughs> I That's why that. I don't have to do anything, right? right? No, you're white, male, and privileged. Right. Oh, so a bag of gold will fall from the sky. Hey, Mommy, I guess I don't have to do anything. A bag of gold will fall from the sky. The, the people at Harvard said so. Yeah, these memes and narratives are very unhealthy and, and just, frankly, very destructive. And one day, we'll, we'll realize it. And I think we are beginning to realize it in this country. Thank God. But uh, we need to really push it. And the, the time that we will really be able to abandon affirmative action and the destructive nature of racism uh, is the time when blacks and Hispanics and for that matter Native Americans all come together and at least a very decent plurality of them will say I don't need your friggin handouts okay this only hurts us at the end of the day that's the day that things will really really change and that's the day we'll, we'll truly have the end of racism don't patronize me is what they need to say I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week. 